Well, good morning, church. I'm so glad that you've chosen to worship God with us. We're, considering, we're continuing a very important sermon series, and I hope that you've shared this with somebody that you know. Last week, Paul, or Paul, Phil shared about, uh, set the table for us on what the afterlife is going to look, look like. Our sermon series is What's Next? And all the churches, well, not all the churches, but a lot of the churches in the Austin area are discussing what we can look forward to in the life after death. And this is a great opportunity to engage in conversation with your neighbors, your friends, your family about that life that is to come and the hope that we have. Now you might be wondering, is this a strange topic to be discussing in the middle of a pandemic? I think it's incredibly appropriate because it provides us hope for what is to come. It provides us hope to think about that even if the worst were to happen in this life, we know that we have an eternity with God. And today we are talking about the most beautiful place, what we get to look forward to in heaven. Phil shared last week that we will have real spiritual bodies when we die and we go to heaven. And he mentioned that he hoped that it was not quite like hanging out on clouds singing in a worship choir for the rest of eternity. And I have to agree with Phil that that is not what heaven is like. Heaven is much like this existence with everything that we love, only better, only more amazing. And not only that, we believe that when we die, we have to go and we will be with Jesus. But we look forward to a day when we will be resurrected and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And it'll be the most amazing, the most beautiful, and the most wonderful thing that we can imagine. Someone was asking what my mug says. It's uh, the world's okayest pastor. So there you go. Um, thank you, Carmela. Uh, and I am so glad that you are all here with us this morning. I used to have a huge fear of death. I don't know what it was because I also like to do crazy things like jump out of planes and, and take risks and, and enjoy life. But I used to have this huge fear of death and, and this wondering of what would happen. One day in my 20s, in a dream, I died and I went to heaven. And looking back at first, it seemed like a very normal dream. But the more I think about it and the more I realize that that was God giving me a vision, a comfort, a confidence in what was to come. And ever since that moment, ever since I was given that dream, the fear of death has gone away. And so that's what I want this conversation to be for you, is to take away the fear of death. You know, one of the greatest parts of following Jesus is we have this promise, this promise of eternity with God in a place where there's no more tears, no more suffering, no more pain, just like the band sang so beautifully. And so today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about heaven, what it's like, and what we can look forward to and as we do, I want to share with you a video from two people who had a near-death experience and what their heaven experience was like. So take us back to that day. You saw the 18-wheeler come. What was the next memory you had? Well, I took my last breath on the bridge, and I was, uh, my next breath was at one of the 12 gates of heaven. I'm looking through the gates. I'm looking down the street. There is a river that flows from this, this throne or this hill that's high and lifted up, and I know that's the river of life because we're told that it flows from the throne of God. So uh, many of the things that we know and enjoy and love here uh, are visible there as well. 
Um, I would say this, and, and um, heaven's never going to be less than this. It's always going to be more. Yeah. In heaven, it's all big. I mean, it, it so far transcends any words that we can happen that we could come up with here. If you want to talk about uh, uh, meadows and flowers and beauty, and if you want to talk about Did trees. Did you see that? Oh, yes. They're just magnificent, except that they are so brilliant and so vivid as to really dis defy description. So you live in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, one of the most beautiful places on earth. How did that compare to the, this beautiful path leading to heaven? One of the problems that I and most people had when they came back from a near-death experience is that even the most intense beauty here on earth, even the most intense love here on earth is very, very pale in comparison to the intensity of the love and to the intensity of the beauty in God's world. Everything was far more intense. The colors were beyond anything we could ever experience here. Hearing their words, we're using these opportunities to listen to near-death experiences, not because uh, that we can always trust what everyone's near-death experience is, but there are some, some people whose near-death experience lines up with what we read about heaven in Scripture, and they can give us some insight of what it would be like for us to witness heaven. And I think this gives an awesome opportunity to talk about the most beautiful place. So the promise is that when we die, we have to be with Jesus, with God. And a lot of near-death experiences, people meet Jesus and even have an experience of heaven. Now, what we're going to get into a little bit today is that it's a little bit more complicated than that. You see, we go and that we're with God, and this is kind of the intermediate stage. But what we really believe is life after life after death. Did you catch that? So we have life after life after death. And that there will be a day, just like we say in that song, where God comes and the heavens open up and earth and heaven become one. And we have this new heaven and new earth and God is with us. Because you see, heaven is where God is. And while God is interacting and involved in our world, earth, the creation as it currently exists, is not fully under God's will. There's sin, there's decay, there's death, there's all sorts of things. And there will be a day when all of that passes away. So the question is, knowing the hope that we have, knowing the future that we have, how do we live today with that hope? What are we called to? How are we called to live as people who follow Jesus? We need to live like we're in heaven so that the earth is made more like heaven. We need to live like we are in heaven so that the earth is made more like heaven. Our first scripture today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. You see, Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, had an experience where he saw heaven. And he, he very briefly mentions it, but every once in a while he talks about it, and he refers to it in a way with such awe and such amazement. Here's what he says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But this is precisely what is written. God has prepared things for those who love him that no eye has seen or ear has heard or that haven't crossed the mind of any human being. You heard in the descriptions that heaven was like earth, only more beautiful, more real, the colors greater, the sensations more wonderful. And it seems like Paul is referring to the same things. I want you to think about the most amazing view you have ever seen. 
I'd love for you to post in our comments what it is. What is that view that just took your breath away? One view for me was when I was in the Rocky Mountains and, and I was on the Continental Divide and I could look on one side and see the beauty of the mountains and see view on the other, just the snow and the, and the trees and the mountains and the clouds and the sky. It was breathtaking. Another thing that has taken my breath away is the pure blue, crystal clear waters of the Caribbean. It's amazing to see and look in those waters and just be able to see as if it was glass. What views have you seen that just take your breath away? Ashley says Arizona sunsets are amazing. Perhaps you've been to the Grand Canyon. Maybe you've hiked up to Machu Picchu and been there as the sun rises over the Temple of the Sun, which is supposed to be one of the most amazing experiences of this life. You see, the thing about heaven, uh, when we die and we get to go and we get to be with Christ, it is greater than anything we can experience in this world. Sherry Butler says when she held Brian for the first time, I think any parent can relate that that is heaven on earth. But heaven is even more amazing, more wonderful, more full than we could ever possibly imagine. It will be like earth, only better. And we'll experience it with these spiritual bodies in heaven. But see, that's heaven as it is now. Heaven in its intermediate state where we get to go and we get to be with God. It is a place where God's will is perfectly done and we get to be with others who have followed Christ, who gave their life to Christ with family members and people that we have lost who have come before. And we'll talk a a little bit more about that in a few weeks. But all creation anticipates what happens next. Romans 8 Verses 19 through 22 says this. The whole creation waits breathless with anticipation for the revelation of God's sons and daughters. Creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, is the choice of the one who subjected it, but in the hope that creation itself will be set free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now. When God created the heavens and the earth, and God sent the six days of creation, and looked at what God had created, God said, it is very good. When God made this universe, he made something perfect and wonderful. But decay and death was allowed into the world when humans chose sin over God. And we experience that every day. We experience the, the death that is the result of sin whether that's racism or hate or violence or greed, we experience death through sin. But we are also subjected to things like the pandemics, the pandemic that, of COVID-19. We experience things like natural disasters, what brings more death in the world. And so creation groans in anticipation for a day that it will be restored. Think about that. That if God created a good and ordered and perfect world and chaos is allowed to enter it, there will be a day where God, who is in the redemption business, will redeem this creation, this existence. And that is the picture that we get when we think about the end of all things. Revelation 21, verse 1 through 5, gives us this picture. 
Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be as their God. He will wipe away every tear, every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning or crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne will say, Look, I am making all things new. So God created the universe. And if you remember back to the story of Adam and Eve, God would walk through the garden. God's presence was throughout this garden that God had made and had made humans to be the stewards of that creation. And through our sin, God had left, his presence left creation only to come back in at times. And then we hear the story of the the people of God, the people of Israel, about how the presence of God as they traveled through the wilderness was like a, a cloud during the day and fire at night until, and when they rest, they, they would make the tabernacle or the tent and God's very presence would rest there. And that's where God was in the world. And then as they built the temple, God re- resided in the temple. But when the people of God started worshiping other gods and they were taken into exile, God's presence left the world. But when Jesus came, we're told that Jesus, that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word there is made tabernacle. So once again, the presence of God had come into our created existence. And then as Jesus died on the cross, was crucified, resurrected, and then left and ascended to God, we were sent the Holy Spirit. And we became the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit resides within us. And God's presence is, in, is coming into our world, invading it, bringing holiness and goodness through the people of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. But what I just read is a day that, there will, that we look forward to when the new heavens and the new earth will come into existence. And God will come out of heaven and come into this realm in the, in the new Jerusalem will come and God will rule over everything and he will wipe away every tear and there will be no more pain or suffering in a physical existence. And we will be resurrected in physical bodies. Now, none of us know exactly what that looks like, but God always wants to rule this creation, this world. It was subjected to decay because of sin, but God's desire is to redeem all things, all creation, not just for it to go away. And it's so important for us to think in this manner because too often we've been told that Christianity is about just going to heaven, about saving souls so we can leave this world and and escape. But that is not God's plan. God's plan is for humans to redeem and reconcile this earth. If you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul states our mission very clearly in verse 18. All of these new things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, God was reconciling the world to himself through Christ, not by counting people's sins against them. And he has trusted us with the message of reconciliation. Do you hear what Paul is trying to tell us, church? That we are given the the ministry of reconciliation. That God is doing the work of making earth like heaven through our actions until the promised day when Jesus will return. And we'll have this beautiful picture that we hear about in Revelation 21. We are called to work. 
Now you might be thinking, does that mean that our work here on earth is meaningless? Absolutely not. Paul tells us that what we do, that we do not labor in vain, that what we do matters into eternity, that the works that we do now will continue into the new heaven and the new earth. And so that is why we are called to live today as if we are in heaven. We even pray it, right? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are meant to be agents, ambassadors for heaven, bringing heaven on earth as we anticipate the day that we get to go and be with God. Do you bring heaven on earth through your actions? Do your neighbors experience heaven through your love? Does your family experience heaven through your choices? Because the other choice is that they experience hell on earth through your choices. When we sin, that's exactly what we're doing. Sin is breaking relationship with humans. Sin is breaking relationship with God. And when we do that, we bring hell on earth. So the call is for us to live today as if we were in heaven. The call is not just to anticipate it, not just to sell hell insurance and try to get people saved so they can go to heaven. It's incredibly important to share the good news of the gospel. We want everyone to experience heaven, but that is not the sole purpose of the Christian faith. The purpose of the Christian faith is to get everyone to follow Christ, to serve Christ, to be in line, to have their lives in line with Christ, working for the redemption of all things so that we can all enjoy what is to come. Church, this is incredibly important for us to hear. So I'm here to tell you, heaven is real. Heaven is amazing. It's the most amazing things that, that we can ever imagine. It's more beautiful than we can think of. It's more wonderful than we can think of. And that is the reward. That's what we get to look forward to. And it's so important because it allows us to live the life that we're called to live today. Because when we live as Christians, sometimes it puts us in, in harm's way. Now, I want you to hear me very closely. There are some Christians and some pastors that are telling people that it's okay to ignore stay-at-home orders in the midst of this pandemic because that's what God wants them to do. Just because we have a place to look forward to, just because we have a God that is more powerful than any pandemic, does not mean that we ignore wise things that we should do. It does not mean that we ignore what what the government is telling us when it comes to this pandemic. Just because God can protect you doesn't mean that you will be protected. And God certainly may call you to go out and to serve people. I, can, I think of our frontline health workers who are putting their life on the line each and every day as they work with people in this pandemic. But we don't want to make their job harder. Just because God is greater than the pandemic doesn't mean that we should test God in this. We are called to do what is wise and smart. And yes, if God is calling you to do something dangerous, go and do it boldly because God has promised us that even if we are to die, that we have a hope, that we have a future, and it's so much greater than this world. You know, Paul tells us in Philippians that to live is Christ and die is gain. And what he's saying that we have so much work to do here in this world to bring heaven on earth, to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the broken and the lost and the hurting, that to live is Christ. But to die, that is not something to be feared. That is something to be looked forward to. Because God, Jesus, has prepared a place for us and is more wonderful than we can ever imagine. Heaven is real. Heaven is amazing. Heaven is something we should look forward to. 
And I love hearing these stories of these near-death experiences relating to us of what we can look forward to. But really what I want to encourage you is to live like you are in heaven so that earth will be more like heaven. Because I tell you, I experience heaven each and every day because God is in this world through the power of the Holy Spirit. I experience heaven when I join with you in worship and singing praise to God. I experience heaven when we share our faith with a person and they, the light bulb goes off and all of a sudden they know that they have purpose and love and life in this world. I experience heaven when the broken, the lost, have their chains broken once and for all and give their life to God. I experience heaven when the hungry are fed, when the blind can see, when the captives are set free. And I hope you do too. Live like you're in heaven so that the earth can become more like heaven. And there will be a day, there will be a day where there'll be no more tears, no more suffering and no more pain. But may we be a people who bring heaven on earth. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.